welcome to On the Road to No Place Left. My name is Feeney, and I'm driving as we learn to share the gospel, make disciples, and reproduce leaders and churches until there is no place left where the name of Jesus hasn't been heard. This is the 14th episode of Season 1, where we're exploring the Four Fields framework as a simple pathway to no place left. This is now the fourth episode for Field 3, which would answer the question, how do I disciple a new believer to follow Jesus? We've looked at the three-thirds as a simple pattern to follow. The 411 is a great kickoff tool to get people sharing the gospel with the people in their life. And obedience-based discovery, helping new disciples learn to obey God's word. My guest today, Mary Roberts, is going to focus on a short-term discipleship tool called the Commands of Christ. Like all my guests, she's got some great stories of God working through simply sharing the gospel and discipling the fruit. Let's jump in. So, can you tell me what's been the best part of your week so far? I think the best part of this past week has been getting to hear from a couple folks that I recently did a simple gospel conversations training at their apartment and hearing them continue to share stories about Jesus and and their excitement sharing back of, hey, I was just on the Metro and I normally strike up conversations with people, but this time I got to use that conversation to share 15 second testimony in three circles and and even ripped it off of their like breakfast bag. They had, they bought breakfast, so they had their to-go bag, (laughs) like ripped off the corner of it and shared three circles with the person sitting next to them. Oh, that's great. As a side question, what uh, when you do a quote-unquote, you said, smaller gospel conversation training, what does that look like? Is it still kind of the full day length, or what type of tweaks do you make? Yeah, we did just an afternoon. It was a, like a life group, Bible study group that wanted to, to get together and really learn what does it mean to share our faith and share about Jesus with others. And so we did kind of a condensed gospel conversations training, so a couple of hours and no place on vision and 411 and house of peace and four responses and then went out into the harvest together and in less than one hour during that time got to engage 16 people with caring prayer and 15 second testimony and had five gospel shares and three discipleship follow-up appointments scheduled on the calendar and one person decided to follow jesus that's awesome just tell us a little bit about who you are, I guess, where you are, and and what you're doing. My name is Mary Roberts, and I moved out a few months ago to the Los Angeles area, getting to do No Place Left with the SoCal team here, and getting to work with a mentor named Carol Davis. So coming alongside her in different projects that she's um, just pursuing in, in the missions world, and then specifically placed here in the area of Pasadena and the San Gabriel Valley, Wanted to see no place left like we see in Romans 15, 23, when, when Paul is writing to these leaders in different cities. And in verse 23, he says, now there's no more place for me to work. I'm going to have to Spain. And so what could that look like right here in the San Gabriel Valley area of Los Angeles, of, of teams and multiplying churches in each of these cities to the, to the fact that there's no more place to work. Mm. And so heading out to a new area. Yeah, it's so simple, but so uh, such a great vision to have that no place left vision. So when you mentioned team, is that what does that look like for you? A team being a group of people coming together that is pursuing the same vision 
to really see no place left as small as a neighborhood, you know, as big as a, a city or a nation, a continent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to go out in the harvest together and, and come together for that care and encouragement of one another and celebrating what God's doing in the harvest and, and further training, equipping, and, and problem solving really from God's word. On this podcast, this first season, I've been working through just different skills and tools in the Four Fields framework. And it's kind of a transition point when we think about sharing the gospel to people responding to it positively and needing to teach them now how to how to follow Jesus. So one of those skills that we use or a tool that we use in that framework when we think about how do we disciple somebody is something called the commands of Christ. So I just heard that's something that you've been using, and I'd love for you to to eventually tell us maybe how God's used it, but just to start, give us kind of a short overview of the, the commands of Christ kind of as a tool in the, the field three of uh, discipleship. Yeah, Commands of Christ is a simple story set of um, true stories from God's Word that really look at, if we see the church in Acts chapter 2, and the first church, it weighs that they were being a healthy church together and obeying Jesus. What stories connect with those areas of obedience. And so each story in the commands of Christ is really pointing to growing as a healthy disciple and as a healthy church and putting into action God's word. And so uh, repenting and believing and being baptized and, and getting to pray and worship and discover those things that make a healthy disciple simply from the word. When you meet somebody to to like, let's say, start to go through one of those commands, what does that look like? Are you handing them like a book? Do you just bring a Bible? Like, what is that? Just kind of give us a practical like picture of what that might look like. Yeah, great question. So if they're a new believer, um, I'll start going through kind of three-thirds pattern without necessarily calling it three-thirds, but just a pattern of discipleship. And during the lookup portion, we'll really have start with the commands of Christ. And so not really bringing anything with me except for a Bible in case they don't have one, which I've had that a couple times, been able to bless people with a Bible and, and help them teach, teach them how to read it for the very first time, mm-hmm. uh, which is just, uh, it's just a really special experience of the Lord and getting to read the story a couple of times and, and retell in our own words, make sure we're not adding anything in. And then getting to ask just the three simple questions, you know, what do you learn about God? What do you learn about people? And how can you obey this story? And so it's, it's been incredible to see how people have discovered from God's word, these areas of obedience and their joy and, and sometimes even tears of wanting to obey Jesus and follow him as, as they've gotten to learn and see in God's word and learn how to read God's word through that process. Do you want to walk through what those commands are? You kind of hinted at a few of them, but just um, go through those. Like, what are these basic things that any new disciple needs to know to, to follow Jesus? Uh, command one, being repent and believe. And so oftentimes I'll use Luke 7, verses 36 to 50 of the sinful woman just coming before Jesus' feet and worshiping him. And then command two, we'll do baptism, looking in Acts chapter eight, verses 26 to 39. And then come in third story being about prayer. And so Matthew six, verse five through 15. And then looking at make disciples, the story from John four, four through 42, mm-hmm. about the woman at the well. 
who hears about Jesus and, and runs and go tells everyone. And the story, the next story we do, story five, would be about love in Luke 10, 25 to 37. And then looking at command six, worship from Acts 16, verse 25 to 34. And then Lord's Supper from Luke 22, verse 7 through 20. And giving from Mark 12, 14 to 44. And then gathering from Acts 2, 36 to 47. And then after the commands of Christ, really jumping into long-term discipleship, often using Mark, as Mark talks about how many different ways that Jesus power over the different things that we struggle with. It's not a... Oh, we finished the command, you know how to follow Jesus, see you later. But we continue to, to teach people to just self-feed from God's Word. How have you personally been or seen just the team around you using these commands of Christ? Like, how do they kind of end up rolling out just naturally as part of training people and sharing the gospel and then discipling? Yeah, it was a, a great question to really reflect on. Because um, in thinking about it, I have been using the command of Christ quite a bit but I didn't realize until I stopped and paused how influential the commands have really been and how many different areas. I mean, been using them with new believers to help them discover in following Jesus and using them to equip believers to be able to disciple new believers. And then getting to see existing believers discover their priesthood and identity in Christ through the commands that, wow, like they can baptize and, and experience the Lord's Supper together and beginning a community together and then also getting to in the start of churches helping shepherd them towards health and looking at scripture as a measurement have been just some of the ways I've really seen the commands of Christ be an influential tool in the movement work. I did like what you said about pausing and reflecting because sometimes we get so busy and just we're going and then we do need that moment to go wow what is God doing here how are we how is he using just these simple things and uh, just pausing to celebrate that too. Do any stories come to mind of maybe a specific, maybe it's a specific person or maybe there's a, a group of people, but just where they uh, really saw those commands, um, they started going through them, learning how to obey Jesus and um, God just brought fruit from that. Yeah, so about 48 hours after moving out here to LA, was out with a friend who, who invited me to come model for them sharing the gospel in the harvest. And I honestly did not feel like going out at all, <laughs> but yeah. I thought I could give God just at least an hour right now and was out in the harvest and kind of share with a couple people, walked up to these two girls sitting down and one of them had her arm wrapped up in a, in a cast, a temporary cast wrap, and asked if we could pray for them about anything. And she said, yeah, like you could pray for my arm. And so we prayed and she just voluntarily just took it off. It's like, I'm just going to try it out. And she couldn't move her thumb at all. It was broken. And I asked her, you know, how come your thumb is broken? What happened? She said, I was so angry at my roommate that I was just punching this punching back in this anger. And I didn't realize my form that I'd punched so hard that I'd broken my thumb. And so we asked her to pray for her again. And she said, yes. And so prayed for the healing of her thumb and for the healing of her heart. And as we finished praying, she looked at her thumb again and was able to move it all the way across her hand, back and forth, completely pain-free. And both her and her friend were like, what in the world? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> and we got to share wow. this God's love and, and who he is and, and his care for them and got to share them through circles. And 
man, both of them decide to follow Jesus right there in that moment and ask them what they were doing next. Like when we can really get together and look at what does it mean to follow Jesus and, and to do this together. They said they were headed off to class, but that afterwards they had some time. And so I was like, awesome, let's, let's meet up. And so they went to class and then after class, we met up and grabbed a late lunch together and um, got to just jump right into the commands of Christ and looking at you know who Jesus is and, and getting to worship him and follow him. We were meeting up together, getting to do three thirds for um, a couple of weeks and then we lost contact. Both of them are in the foster care transition homes mm-hmm. and really struggling with a lot of things. But what was crazy is as I was out in the harvest, had another follow-up, and I was waiting for that follow-up, and they didn't show up. But I just stayed later, about 20 minutes later, because um, I was just pretty hopeful that day. <laughs> and then I, I hear my name, and I turn around, and it's them. It's the two of them. Mm. And we just ended up spending the, the whole rest of that day together and getting to talk about Jesus and life and and just getting to share these stories about Jesus just as you know, these commands of Christ stories, just as we're living life together. We went to go share at a place called Skid Row, where there's over 2,500 people living in tents in homelessness near downtown LA. And one of the girls, her grandmother lives in a tent on Skid Row. And so when I picked them up the Saturday morning to go down there, they brought one of their friends with them. And he hopped in the car and just shared, you know, hey, like we're headed down to care for these people. Is, you know, is there anything you can pray for you about? And he's like, you know, I'm not really into the whole group prayer thing. And I, I just thought this is going to be an interesting day. <laughs> but as we're driving down, she's sharing the gospel with him in the back seat. She just comes up to me later and she's like, this is like what we were talking about when we talked about that story about Jesus. And, and he says, go and make disciples. This is this is what I'm doing. It's like, yes, you are. And, and that's incredible. Mm. And, um, later that evening, we looked at just Acts 8, discovering baptism together. And he was with us and he was like, you know, that's interesting, but not really for me. But by the end of the evening, he asked, you know, can I join you all in your like Bible study thing that you do? <laughs> we're like, yeah, you're welcome to come hang out with us. And both the two girls were like, is there some special water I need to go to? Is there like a special place? It's like, no, it's just, you know, the simplicity, right? Right in God's word, getting to be baptized. And later that week when we met up together, God had just arranged schedules and they, both of them were like, we've been really thinking about what we saw kind of in God's word, that story you're telling us, and, and we want to get baptized. And I was like, praise the Lord. And so both the two of them and their friend that they had been sharing with, we went down to the beach together and just literally from the discovery in God's word of Acts 8, both of them decided to get baptized and their other friend by the end of that week had decided to follow Jesus and also wanted to get baptized. So I got to baptize and the girls that I shared with and was discipling with, and then they got to baptize their friend that they had shared the gospel with and began discipling. Wow, and, that's awesome. And so like, as we've continued just in, in God's word through these commands of Christ, we would do the command on prayer, just talking about the story and, and what are we learning? How can we obey? And it's so exciting because when I saw them two days later, they came up to me and they're like, Mary, yesterday we prayed. <laughs> and it was just like, I mean, yes, like you're living it out, like you're discovering 
you know, who Jesus is and what does it mean to follow him, you're putting into action and you're getting to see your life, life really change and transform. Both of them have been, you know, smoking a lot of weed out here in LA and, and just cigarettes, just in a, in a stress that they're dealing with. And what's incredible is, you know, after a month of just following Jesus and, and walking life together in his discipleship, they've, they're like, we're, we're smoking half the amount as we did a month ago. And, and we really want to, you know, be down to zero soon. Hmm. And just the way it's in, in, impacting all their areas of life, just walking through these commands together. So at the very beginning, I feel like this is worth highlighting. Did I, did I catch that you guys did pray for them? And then you had the conversation about why the arm was hurt. Did I get that right? Yes. Because I assume when you first prayed for him, did you pray also for her arm? Yeah. After, like, what she needed was that she needed her heart healed. Obviously, we all do. I love that the arm, her hand, was was healed as, like, there was an acknowledgement that her heart needed. That's really cool. But practically, a kind of a question I had was, especially when you talk about the messiness of like you lose track of people they come back like did you just find yourself with like a checklist of like oh i hadn't done prayer yet with these guys or was it kind of more organic as you're talking to them you know i mean i know you went through the order like how did how did that work out with kind of the stops and start and the friend joins in and been really just kind of following the order of the commands as um they kind mm-hmm. of just build together in different ways of of really equipping them right away to, to be able to share with others and to really walk and abiding in the Lord. And so just kind of just keeping in mind of like which story we've done last, but also like as we're just living life together, life on life discipleship, other things come up, you know, they deal with or have to face like they're one of the girls, her sister, finding out that, you know, she's homeless. And so, you know, just getting to, to talk right there about, who is Jesus in the midst of this crisis and and discovering about him. And so so kind of doing both things, like going through the commands of Christ, but if they need, you know, a verse and a word of encouragement about how God like meets them in the midst of really emotional and hard times, then we get to also talk about that too, but just seeing it from the word. Hmm. Yeah, that's great. Is it okay to share just a couple other stories? Yeah, I'd love to hear it. That'd be great. So a couple of weeks ago, I was at a laundromat and and met a lady there and just asked her, hey, you know, my friend and I are just caring for the community. Is there anything we can pray for you about? And she said no. And so I just asked her, you know, just real quick, the reason why I asked if I could pray for you is because there was a time in my life and just shared super quick 15-second testimony. And she said yes to, to seeing just a picture of the story that changed my life. So I shared with her three circles. And she said yes to, to meet up together to learn more. And so we met up two days later, fast food restaurant on the corner and brought her a Bible. And she said she had never, you know, heard the story about Jesus before. And she had never read the Bible before. We got to do just right there, Luke 7 of a sinful woman and to do discovery Bible study with that command. And she discovered from the word, you know, we got to the question, how can you obey? the story, you know, apply it to your life. And she said, I want to follow Jesus like that woman did. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was an incredible moment to see that just 48 hours earlier, she had said no to prayer, but just gently and lovingly pursuing the conversation and getting to read the Bible together for her to see and discover that um, 
was just really, I mean, it was life-changing in her life and a huge testimony of how God was working. And, you know, the next day we got to to just continue in the commands together. And so we're, we're still um, chatting and talking and walking through that journey. Those were two awesome stories. Uh, I don't want to cut you off. What, what, uh, any other ones jumped to mind? Was out just kind of going door to door in the community, you know, hey, a friend and I just came up in the community. A couple of friends of mine knocked on a girl and knocked on a door and met this girl and she was interested in, in learning more about Jesus. And so they asked me to come with them the next time they met up together because they were, they were in the process of moving. And so to build a relationship long-term, I came with them and got to meet her and just jump in right there through Discover Bible Study in the commands. And she decided to follow Jesus right from, from Luke 7 again. Mm, yes. <laughs> and just in tears, just really moved by the Spirit of the Lord hearing this good news. We met up together just two days later and we did Acts 8 together. And again, moved in tears. Um, she said, you know, how, in the part of how can we obey? She said, I think my next step is baptism. <laughs> and and you're like, that's awesome. You're right there in the word and said, do, do you want to wait for your mom, your sister and others to get together? And she said, I'd love to, but their schedules, I don't know when we, when we would have fine time. She lives in a, a single bedroom apartment with her mom and her sister. And her dad is in prison for life for murder mm. when i shared with her you know it's just as simple as filling up your bathtub right over there and getting to get baptized and following jesus and she's like really and i was like yes mm. <laughs> and so she's like um well i want to i want to do that right now i want to go for it and so together um and with just the two other friends that we were there together at her house for you know three-thirds discipleship through the commands she and we got to baptize her right there in her bathtub and it was incredible like after baptizing her she came up and she just said wow i feel like i have new life um just the joy of seeing her say things wow i never really knew how to read the bible until now and and the way that she's just discovering about jesus through the commands i think i could hear somebody hear this and be like wow you kind of jumped to baptism shouldn't you make sure they um uh, know how to pray first or don't they need to go to church a couple times what would you say to somebody that's like oh what's what's what wait on baptism such a good question so when we look at the nine stories that we see in the New Testament about baptism, um, we see a pattern that in each story, it happens pretty much immediately after someone decided to repent and believe and follow in Jesus. And you know, the longest time that we see in between was Paul for three days as he was waiting for Ananias. <laughs> mm-hmm. so looking at this, this pattern in scripture about baptism, just kind of coming back to the word and and it's as a step of obedience in following Jesus and as a part of the discipleship. I remember um, even myself quoting the Great Commission for for over a decade passionately about how Jesus says, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey all that I've commanded you. And I'll be with you always to the end of the age. And it wasn't really until the last couple of years that I realized that 
I, as a baptized believer, could baptize others. And, you know, it's right there in the Great Commission. I've kept quoting. <laughs> and so just that, that call that Jesus has, has given us and the patterns in Scripture that we see, of, it was other baptized believers baptizing, um, believers' baptism, you know, so after they decided to follow Jesus, being baptized, and it happening pretty much immediately afterwards, and it's a continuous journey in relationship and discipleship. And so it's not a, oh, I'm baptized, now I'm all done. But a, it's a part of your journey and growth as a healthy disciple, gathering into healthy churches to see it multiply uh, until there's you know no place left where, where the gospel hasn't reached. And it's been exciting to come alongside believers, in, modeling and assisting them and, and watching the harvest, then discover, wow, the harvest really is plentiful. <laughs> and, and with that, um, one of the girls who's actually my roommate now, we were just at a local college campus getting to share the gospel folks, getting a model and assist for her. We met a girl and she decided that she wanted to learn more about Jesus after we shared with her. And so we set a time to follow up and we showed up to the follow up together, but she didn't show up. And so we just thought, well, we have some more harvest time together. Let's go for it. And as we were out on the harvest, um, she kind of, you know, spotted a girl sitting around a bench. And so we walked up to her and it was incredible getting to watch my friend just completely share with her about Jesus and just really love and care for her. And that girl decided to follow Jesus, the girl that we had just met. And what was crazy is that she had the same name as the girl that we were trying to follow up with that day. <laughs> Um, but a totally different person. Yeah. And so because this friend of mine, my roommate, had come with me to some of these other times of follow-up and discipleship through the commands with some of the new disciples um, I've been really caring for and, and studying um, for God's glory, They, she knew just right away how, how to jump into the commands and get to to facilitate and, and just really model and serve just as a new believer. It's been incredible just getting to see more and more existing believers feel confident and competent in being able to disciple people from the harvest, people who don't um, might not know very much about church world or culture or, or even Jesus and getting to have a simple tool that they feel ready, like, yeah, like I can disciple and, and walk life with a new believer. Even in all its messiness, I can um, really see God moving and working because I don't have to be the one to have the answers, but just coming back to God's word and the simplicity of, right, let's discover prayer. Okay, how can we obey that? Let's discover worship. Okay, how can we live that out? You know, let's discover baptism and, and let's follow Jesus with our lives. Do you feel confident and competent to share the gospel and disciple a new believer? For us to reach no place left, wherever we are, we all need to be able to do that. There's many tools that we've covered that you can hear about on a podcast, watch a YouTube video on, maybe read articles or blogs about. And this is another one of those, honestly. But I want to challenge you with this tool and with others that we've shared on the road. Something switches when you use it. Said another way, some things are caught more than they're taught. That's where training and modeling come in. If you've been listening to this podcast or checking out other No Place Left resources and you're not sure what steps to take, 
I would challenge you to check the show notes and find yourself some training. Getting to a workshop or an event training will connect you with people who can model many of the skills that we've talked about. And that will let you grow in your confidence and competence to share the gospel, make disciples, and pursue no place left. As always, you can find those show notes with links to other things we talked about at ontheroad.feeny.com. That's ontheroad, all lowercase and together, dot P-H-E-A-N-E-Y dot com. This is Feeny. Thanks so much for listening. Keep sharing the gospel, making disciples, and reproducing leaders and churches until there is no place left where the name of Jesus hasn't been heard.